Hey guys, welcome to the second episode of It's Okay Sweetheart with Kenzie Akiko and the guest Brooke from Be Bravery Fit. Hi! Now I can. Okay. 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 Hi. Oh my Hi. gosh. You are so beautiful. Oh, so are you. And I'm so happy to like talk to you. And yes. I know it's not in person, kind of. Yeah. No. Totally. Chat. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, you're so nice to do this with me. I... Of course. No, that's so nice of you to ask me. Yeah. You are. I mean, your page is already so like positive and uplifting and really like body positivity. So I was like, she would be perfect. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Yeah. I've, I've seen your page and stuff, but I don't know like a ton about yeah. your backstory and stuff, but yeah. we can just get into it. So to just start it all off, um, if you just want to introduce yourself, where you're from, like mm-hmm. what you do, all of that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I am Brooke. Uh, Skinner or Avery. I still haven't changed my last name after four years of being married because <laughs> um, we've lived so many different places. And so um, because of that, I just never got my name changed because I didn't want to have like a Texas license and then live yeah. somewhere completely different. It's honestly months. such a pain. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Maryland. I've lived in Maryland my entire life. I'm from Annapolis, which if you've never gone, you need to, it is Google it. It is just the coolest place ever. Um, it's a sailing town. It's just really cool. And, um, so I lived there my entire life until I went to college and I went to BYU, Idaho. Um, I studied elementary education Um, I met my husband, Nick there, who's from San Diego. So it's like, we're from completely the Uh country. Um, and then we got married, moved all over the place. Like I was saying, cause he did summer sales. Okay. I was going to, so we like would go to school, then move to Texas, go to school, then move to Texas. And then Uh we were in Colorado and California and Utah and, um, yeah, no, yeah. so fun. It, yeah. It's actually, sorry. Oh, no. I live in the city. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so now that we've lived in Baltimore, because I live in Baltimore, Maryland now, uh-huh. um, and we've lived here for like a year and a half almost. And I'm just like, it's so weird to live somewhere longer than three months at a time. You're like, it's you're almost like I'm going to move. Why are we yeah, here? yeah. Yeah. You're all, you almost get used to it. Like you hate it so much, but then you're like, wait, I, I actually yeah. kind of missed that. You're probably like a pro mover by now though. You think, but like, I will say I'm, um, I'm not good at packing and moving stuff, but I'm good at being like, you know what? I don't want crap to pack. Like anytime I buy something, I'm like, I'm going to have to pack that. Uh-huh. And I don't want, like, I don't want to pack that. So That's it really helps you to mindset. Yeah. yeah. It helps you to be a little more of a minimalist, I guess, but I'm still not. a minimalist. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then, um, so we moved out to Maryland. My husband got a job out here. I never thought that I would live back in Maryland. Uh-huh. Like after I went to college and got married, I'm like, I'm not moving back to Maryland. I loved it there, but that was my childhood. Like, Uh it's just weird. It was weird for me to think 
that I would go back to a place I grew up in as an adult that's married. It's like two different lives almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so it kind of weirded me out. And, but now I'm like, I love it. I'm 30 minutes from my parents, like my childhood home. Uh-huh. And I hadn't had that for like six years, you know? And that's crazy. I'm yeah. the opposite. We were yeah. like, I've always been like 10 minutes from my family. And now I'm like six hours away from them. And I'm like, yeah, so weird. I know it is. It's, it's tough. Like being that far. Yeah. Like it's, it sucked being like, all right, well, I'll see my parents twice a year because tickets are $500 to fly out to them. Yeah. And now it's like, I want to go and visit them as often as I can. And, you Uh know, just live this up because we'll eventually move and they'll probably move somewhere else. And so, yeah. Oh, well, that's, I've, I've like always wanted to go over and travel. I haven't ever been there from your stories and stuff. It looks so pretty that like cycling class that you did out. Yeah. I have to go do this. This looks it's so, so cool. fun. Yeah. It's so honestly, so Baltimore is Baltimore uh-huh. <laughs> and it has a really bad reputation, which I always tell people, I'm like, it's true, but it's not the whole city. Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of cities are like, that, yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, but where we live is just such a cool atmosphere. It's an old, like industrial town you know all the east coast is just those old like character history yeah and um the area that we live in is just like very active there's a lot of things you can do to like be healthy and fit and like so it's just awesome I mean the spin studio is literally like in my apartment complex my gosh it's it's really cool and you you get to like walk everywhere and Mm -hmm. you know I walk to the water with Nick all the time. I'm sure you've seen that on my stories. Like, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a really cool city. So you're <laughs> a teacher, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I am now I am a middle school PE and health teacher here in Baltimore. Okay. That's so fun. Yeah, it is. It's an adventure. I like, can't really imagine being with middle school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I teach at a school that's, um, what's called a title one school, which just means that, um, more than half of the school is, you know, um, on welfare and, uh, has meals provided for them. And so I'm in an area that is very humbling to Uh teach in, um, and it's very difficult, but at the same time, it's like, you know. I love it. Although it's very, very, very challenging. Yeah. I love my students. I should say. (laughs) I was going to say, I imagine they're at that age is such like a vital time in your life where you can really have your mindset be shifted, especially through like health and fitness. So I'm sure you have such a big impact on these kids' lives, especially if they don't have like the best at home life. So like when they're there with you, you can really like, I don't know yes. help them. Yes, well, that, I try. <laughs> yeah, ugh, that would be really hard. I'm really, I don't know if it's the right word, but I feel like I'm really like empathy, you know? So like, no, me too. I like take them on and I like yep. really, really. That's the, it. <laughs> that is literally the story of my life. <laughs> like that's, what's been really difficult about this year is it, it's challenging for me to separate like being a teacher, but also being like, 
I get anxiety. Like I get overwhelmed when I, you know, drive to school. I see the neighborhoods that these kids live in. I know some of their lives and it's just like, it is very, it's really difficult to be an empathetic person and deal with that. Yeah. I would take, and you also have to, Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I would take a lot of it home with me. Like what you're saying. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's been difficult is like, you almost have to like, not do that, which is completely goes against my character, but it's the only way I can like survive. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. And you also have to realize a part of me also is someone that I'm a people pleaser for sure. Mm -hmm. And so when you're dealing with middle schoolers, but then also middle schoolers who have really terrible home lives and like Mm -hmm. just completely live a different, harder life than you. And they're like mad at you or moody. It's like, how do I not take that personally? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) so that's been difficult too. Yeah. But that's just how it is anywhere. But then you add there, the fact that you feel pressure to be so positive for them yeah, yeah. because you know that they don't have that. And then when they're bad, you're like, Oh (laughs) my gosh. Well, I mean, that's a way special job. I think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So you're a teacher, you do that. How did you get kind of like started into fitness and and I know that you're more, I feel like you're so like helping girls realize that fitness isn't so physical. It's more like yes. mental, like yes. let's focus more on the mentality of like, if it feels good to you and it's going to help you feel better about yourself and stuff, then let's do it. Don't just do it because you want to be skinny and all this. Yeah. Things. So yeah. So I, um, I grew up always playing sports. Uh Um, I wasn't the best athlete, but I, I still was athletic. Like I grew up playing field hockey and lacrosse, very Uh East coast sports. Uh Um, and so I started that both of those when I was about eight. So I always liked being physically active and like appreciated the benefits of it. Uh Um, and then, you know, I really didn't get into, fitness or like weightlifting or the gym until I got older. Obviously that's how most people are. Um, although I feel like girls are starting really young these days and I'm like, hold on. It's a, you know, sometimes I'm like, no, no, you don't need to. Yet. Um, but, uh, and then I, so yeah, I'm trying to compile everything together. So then in college, I got more into weightlifting and the gym, I guess you could say, and like truly working out because I dated a guy who was like a total meathead and taught me, you know, everything that there was to know about it. And I fell in love with that. And like, even after we broke up and, you know, I took all of that that I learned because I, I truly gained a passion for it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause at first it's like, well, he does it. So I'll just do it. And you don't really like it, but you're just like doing it because that's his thing. And you like want to, be, you know, like what he's looking for. But then I was like, no, I actually really love this. Um, but I, like I said, like I started playing sports as a young girl. Um, but I've truly, truly had, um, body image issues since I was, I don't know, like third grade is probably 
yeah, third grade is probably when I think back on like, when did I start actually being negative towards my body? Maybe even second. Um, I went through like a, a chunky phase, like as most kids yeah, do. Yeah. 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 And, um, most kids, yeah, they go through a chunky phase, but for me, it was, I had a sister. So I have a sister who were very much alike. Um, a lot of people tell us we look like twins. Like we look very similar. She's five years older than me. She never went through an awkward stage. She was always like, obviously more developed than me. And so I would look at her and be like constantly comparing myself. And I feel like people would actually compare us as well. Like I would always be told like, you know, she just has baby fat right now. She's just going through a baby fat stage. Like, and that's not to put blame on anyone. Cause I think that when you're an adult, you don't realize that these girls, these tiny kids are like actually taking that in. Mm-hmm. You're just like, like, it's not like she thinks about her body. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like I, and that was something that was used against me. Like my sister and I would get in fights and she would just be like, that was her weapon against me. It would be like to call yeah. me chunky or like fat or something. And she feels horrible to this day. And I always hate telling people that part because it is not her fault at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that that stemmed a little bit of like me looking at myself and being like, Oh, okay. Like I am. And she's not. Yeah. And everyone would always be like, yeah, your sister's so pretty. Your sister's so hot. Your sister's body. Like, how does she get like that? And I'm just like, I don't well, know. Yeah. 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 And especially yeah. as you got older, like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, people mm-hmm. would always compare us and like our looks and yeah and um just so I think that that always was in the back of my mind like I always had body image issues since a little girl yeah and um my junior year I it's so dumb but I think a lot of girls like that's when they really high school is when they really start to focus on how they look and want to impress people mm-hmm. and you know, it's all about just like your body and your face and just, it's just such a, um, very toxic. Yes. Yes. And it's such a delicate age too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I was dating this guy in high school. He was like my first love. Mm -hmm. He was really popular. Like I loved him and junior year, he was a senior. He just broke up with me and not that that's like a huge deal. Oh, sorry. It's like a huge deal. But I think when you're somebody who was like me, who already didn't feel pretty enough, who already felt fat, who already just felt super bad about herself. And you're at that age where everything's a big deal. You, I took it as I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm fat. And it just sent me down this really dark, dark hole. Like I literally took that one, like those thoughts in my head that I always had, like, you're not good enough. You're not pretty. You're fat. You're fat. Like you're ugly. And they just like consumed me. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started just to like over exercise. I wouldn't eat like after exercising or before I ate very, very little. Um, And I didn't really realize that I was developing an eating disorder. Like it was just one of those things where I thought it was almost like Mm fitnessy, like this is what I do to like get fit. But really I 
I didn't realize that I wasn't eating because I literally hated myself and I wanted to be as skinny as possible because I thought that that's what like would get this boyfriend back or would make me feel like I was pretty and yeah and like worth something and Mm -hmm. it just it's so toxic and it's so bad and that one little thing just really sparked all those thoughts and that like those things that I already kind of felt about myself, but it just like ignited it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so junior year I got, yeah, I got very, that was probably the worst I ever was. Um, and it was one of those things where I, it's not like my family really noticed. Like, I was just going to ask that. I was just going to say, did yeah. they like bring it up to you or mention it to you ever? Yeah. Like, not really, because I think I played it off fairly well. And honestly, I, I think my mind's blocked out a lot of that time, but I just remember that I just went to the gym a lot. And I think my parents were just like, yeah, she works out a lot now. Yeah. And I wore a lot of baggy clothes during that time. And it wasn't like I was that typical, what people think as someone with an eating disorder, they're like down to skin and bone, but I definitely had lost weight. Like mm-hmm. I definitely did not look good. I look at my senior pictures and it like freaks me out because my arms are so thin and, um, my head looks just so big compared to my body. I, yes, I can so. Yes. Yes. And it like, weird. like, I don't even like it. And, um, but my friends started to notice like people I went to school noticed because I was more open with them about it too. Like, I'm like, I'm so depressed. Like I don't eat as much. And, um, I've said this before on a podcast, but the, when I started to realize that I actually truly probably had a problem was one of my best friends was at my house and I was changing in front of her and she was like, I took off my shirt. I was just in my bra and she's like, Brooke, you look really thin. Like you're freaking me out. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, I'm not like, stop. And I was changing in front of a mirror, like on my sister's dresser. And Mm -hmm. I had literally just been looking at myself changing. Right. Yeah. And then she was having this conversation with me. And then I'll never forget. Like I looked in the mirror and I, it's like, I saw my body as it actually was like what she was seeing. Yeah. And it freaked me out. Like it was one of those moments where you realize like, Whoa, I actually have a problem. Mm-hmm. And like, what am I doing? Yeah. And at the same time though, you're so like sick that you like almost like it. Yeah. Like, you, you're just like, it's working type of a thing. Like I'm well, glad she notices fuel yeah. it a bit more. Like you're like, well, you think this is skinny? I could get skinnier. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's just, it's just sick. And, um, unfortunately that didn't help me stop. Like it only helped me, like I realized it, but it was one of those things where I was like, well, like, I'm just going to continue to live this life. Like it's sad. It makes me freaks me out, but like, I have a problem, but I don't want to really tell anyone about it. And I don't like my parents. I don't want anybody to get freaked out. Mm -hmm. I, you know, 
And so even my sister, who I'm really close to, like didn't even really know until later down the road. And um, I just kind of carried that with me throughout, you know, the rest of that year, senior year, senior year, I would say like, I used to have an eating disorder, like junior year, I had an eating disorder, but like now I'm fine. But like, I wasn't really, Mm -hmm. I think I had a little more control of it. Yeah. But I was still like had extremely bad body dysmorphia and I still was, you know, my, my world revolved around eating Mm -hmm. and what my body looked like. Yeah. And, um, freshman year of college, that's when I started to kind of like get a little more into eating and binging and unfortunately like getting into a little bit of a bulimia and a little bit of, um, that not huge, but like, it was definitely a thing that I did. Mm -hmm. And because I just didn't know how to control myself. Like I wanted so badly to eat and like be in, like be in control of food and like not be someone who thinks about food and starves herself because she's going somewhere later on that day. And she's going to be in a bathing suit. Like I wanted to have control over it, but then I would just eat a lot. And then I would just be so mad and angry at myself. So then I would just obviously, you know, purge. And, um, again, this wasn't something that I like did every single day or like all the time. So that's why sometimes I get uncomfortable saying that I had an eating disorder because I know that people have it worse, but now I've realized also like eating disorders look different for anyone. And And so many people can relate. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And like, even though I wasn't the worst of the worst, it doesn't mean that I should dim the fact that I struggled, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so sophomore year, I met that guy that I was telling you about and, um, he got me into working out. And one day he just asked me like, what's been the hardest thing you've ever had to do in your life or something like that. And I just straight up told him, I was like, listen, I, I have problems with eating. Like I have, I've struggled and I struggle on a daily basis with like my body image and, um, food and, uh, things like that. And he just was like, Whoa. Um, like my mom has bulimia and she like suffered, she suffered through that my entire life. Uh And I was just like, okay, wow. This actually helps me to feel like not so much like a freak. Yeah. And like that he understands and he's like, you need to get help, like get help now. And at that point I was no longer doing the actions of like purging or like starving myself, but my mind was still a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had gotten control of being like, okay, I'm not gonna like starve myself. I'm not gonna throw up. Like, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but my mind was still just negative like hatred for myself. And he's like, you need to go get help. And at school we had free counseling. So I went in and that's when I was diagnosed with body dysmorphia, which a lot of people have. They just, I think they just go undiagnosed. Yeah. 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 Um, and, but that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And I was like, what the freak is that? Like that freaks me out. Uh And basically my therapist was just like, you know, you don't see your body the way you actually are. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I, I do like, 
no, I know what I look like. I know how big I am. And they're like, no, you really don't. Like that's, that's what body dysmorphia is. It's your mind lying to you Mm -hmm. because you have these thoughts just controlling your perception on yourself and on your life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that was something that I was just like, wow, that kind of explains everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, and I say this all the time on my page, I still body dysmorphia doesn't go away. You know, it's like, it's a mental illness, I would say. And you're going to deal with it. I'm probably going to deal with it my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. But I try to not let it control me Mm -hmm. as much as I can. Yeah. Um, And honestly, that's why I am so big on my page about body dysmorphia and like not focusing so much on your body. Because I think when you focus a lot on your body, sure, you notice good things, but the fact that you focus so much on how it looks like really feeds into your body dysmorphia. And if your body is bloated one day and you're constantly looking at your body, you're like, you know, checking on it it can make your whole day suck just because you think that you're fat today. Yep. And like, I still deal with that a lot. Like, so do I, I have, a, yeah, I really like, I'm the first to admit, like, I still really deal with a lot of body checking, you know, like having to look, if there's a mirror, like I'm going to look at my body. Yeah. And it's like, that isn't normal. Like, I think a lot of us do it, but that's not healthy. Like we don't need to look at our body every time we see a mirror. Mm -hmm. We don't have to let that like control our mood or our day. Yeah. Um, but it's sadly it, it does sometimes. It's like when you like are swimming and your husband shows you a picture he took of you or something and like how that can completely ruin your whole day. Yeah. I look horrible in my swimsuit. I'm not going to eat for the rest of the night. Like all that sort of stuff. It can come back so fast. Yeah. Um, but yes, I was just going to say just, just a little thing. And then you can get back into your journey. No, no, please. But I did just barely doing the, I like, I've always wondered about counting macros, never, ever done it before, but yeah. I am a personal trainer. So I've always yeah. asked me a lot. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to just try it for myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have never thought more about food and my body during that period of time of counting macros. And I immediately was like, this is sending me like, I'm getting like the re-trigger of like the eating disorder, body dysmorphia. It's all coming back so fast. It's so healthy for me to like have to track or focus on that. Like it really needs to just be like out of, like, I just really need to not think about it. Cause if I'm thinking about it so much, it just opens the floodgates for all that stuff to like come back. And I have this little girl, my little three-year-old girl who I never, ever, ever want her to look in the mirror and think anything, but the fact that she's so beautiful, you know, like that's all I could ever hope for. She never, ever needs to see mom tracking her food or looking at her body every time she's in a mirror, like what you're saying, like it's really, and I think just having her has really helped me always check myself, you know, like let's just try to help you as I can with myself and not trying to do anything to re-trigger those feelings or just try to work through them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself, give yourself some, like, I don't know. What is it? Give yourself some, like, I'm wanting to say gratitude, but grace, grace. Yes. Give yourself some 
crowded. Yeah, too. no, I got you. Yeah, yeah you got me. Anyways, <laughs> so I totally, I relate to you so much. I seriously, I love that so much. And I always forget about that part because of like my fitness journey or health journey, whatever you want to call it. Because when I got into working out, um, you know, because of that guy I dated, I I wasn't focusing a lot on like macros and stuff. It was more of just like getting into the healthy habit of like exercising Mm -hmm. because he said, you know, like, I think that can help you to just feel better about yourself and like, see how strong you are, not necessarily like how skinny you can be. Mm -hmm. And it's the healthier way to reach those goals that you were trying to reach, Mm -hmm. you know, through, you know, not eating or purging or whatever. And, um, so then like I got more and more into it became, you know, really like it was a part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I met my husband two years ish later and, um, you know, we got married and that's when I feel like macros started to become more of like a thing was not like a few years ago. I feel like, like five years ago ish, like it just became more of a thing on social media. And so I got really into figuring out macros and like, you know, calorie deficit and things like that because I thought, okay, I'm in a better place. You Uh know, I'm not starving myself. I'm into fitness. I'm, and I hate talking badly on macros because I think they really can be a really good tool. Yeah. Same. I think it works. It just doesn't work for me. Like I'm like, exactly for you. That's amazing. Cause it works. It exactly. But and I do think we need to just put like kind of like a warning label almost on them because I think people hear them and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a magic fix to my body image issues. It's a magic fix to like, you know, getting fit or getting whatever. Mm-hmm. And, but you don't, some people don't realize just how addictive it can be or how it can really kind of tarnish your relationship with food. Whereas like people will label it as a way to have a better relationship with food. Like people will say it's like your freedom. And that's what I ran with. Like I literally followed this girl who was obsessed with macros. And she said that she was binging all the time and hating her body and, or like not eating at all. And macros like freed her from that. And I was like, Oh, I want that. Yeah. But then I started literally like, just, it's a, you put a box on your relationship with food. Like you can't have this to me. It's like prison. It's like, this is, you you can't do what you want. You got to say first. And it just felt claustrophobic to me. Yes. And again, it might not be that way for everyone, but I do think that if you are counting, like wanting to count macros because of like, if your main reason is because you think that it's going to help your relationship with food or like your only focus is to like lose X amount of weight in X amount of time, like, and like really be strict on it and feel badly when you don't meet those macros Mm -hmm. that can be damaging. And like, that's not going to fix your relationship with food. That's only going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like when I was counting macros, I was binging a whole lot more because, you know, I told myself Saturdays were the only days I could have your free day. I could go ham. Yeah. 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 And then I would get so sick. I would feel like crap. I would literally cry to my husband and be like, I can't even control myself. Like, I don't know why 
And then I see girls online saying, you know, that they do holistic eating or like um, intuitive eating. And I'd be like, how do they do that? Like, yeah. how? Yeah. And it wasn't until I realized like my macros were counting them and obsessing over them and having cheat days and having cheat meals was ruining my relationship, not helping me, not giving me freedom. It was like completely doing the exact opposite. Yeah. And making me just view food as good or bad. And that if I have one bad thing, I have to eat it all that day because sun- tomorrow's Sunday and I am back on track on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I would get physically sick. Like I remember we would go out to dinner a lot with his like sales teams during the summer and I would just hound down food. Mm-hmm. And then like the thought of taking leftovers wasn't even, no, that was not an option. Just clear your plate. Like, just yeah, like, yeah, it's now or never tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, honestly, like the last two years, I guess two years ago, I would say almost is when I really started to realize, okay, I, I can't count macros the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, that's it's, I don't think it's meant to be a permanent thing. No, no. And yeah, it's meant to be a tool that helps, you know, how much food your body like needs, you know, or an average, I would say of, a, you know, what your body wants and needs for your specific goals. Yeah. But I think that sometimes counting macros made me not listen to my body because sometimes I would go to bed and I would be starving, yeah. but I met my macros. So that's not like, I'm not supposed to listen to my body. I'm supposed to listen to those numbers because mm-hmm. they know. Yeah. Or sometimes I'd be like, oh, I'm like really full from this meal, but like, I got to get this amount in I right have now. Like 40 grams of protein left. So let me just chug a protein drink. Exactly. And it would make me so sick because I, my body did not want it, mm-hmm. but I just was like, ignore that. Like yeah. I got to follow these. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's not good. Like that can't be good. Yeah. And so when I would listen and I just did a lot of research, like I followed, I unfollowed a lot of macro people for me personally. And I followed a lot of intuitive eating people because they had the same story as me. Like they obsess over macros because that's like the first start of your fitness journey is macros, you mm-hmm. know, like that's where you start and then you become obsessed or you can become obsessed and then you end up wanting to be intuitive eating, but you don't know even where to begin Yeah, because you lie to yourself and tell yourself that you don't have control over food. And these numbers are the only way that you're going to have it. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just actually listening to what your body's been telling you this entire time, like, Hey, I'm full right now. You can stop. Yeah. Or, Hey, I'm starving right now. You can eat. Yeah. But instead it's like, no, you have a schedule, you have numbers. Like, and so I just started following people that were more, um, in line with that. And I still, you know, like overeat or that's, but that's normal. Well, and I was going to say, once you've tracked macros or even have any type of knowledge of it, it will always, I don't know if it is still for you. It will always be in the back of your mind eating anything, but you can make it positive. So you could use it as education of like, 
I would rather eat this versus this because yes. I know this honestly is more nutritional and has yes. less fat. And it's not about my body, how it looks. It's yeah. about how my body feels. Mm-hmm. It's about actually being like, you know what? This is going to actually make me feel better. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's going to make me feel fuller, which is going to make me, you know, feel healthy. And my mm-hmm. body's going to like that instead of being like, I have to eat this because this is what's going to get me skinny or this is what's going to get me my body to look better. Yeah. So that's why I always say like, you have to train your mind and your body will follow Yeah. because people try to train their body and like freak their mind, like freak what they're thinking. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All of that stuff is it's so much, but as far as your journey with it. So you started following these people that are doing more like intuitive eating and stuff. Yeah. And so from then on, how did you really develop like more of like that self love, you know, like where you look in the mirror and you're just like proud of, proud of who you are, proud of yeah. the body that gets you through your day. It teaches these kids, yeah. and, you know, like yeah. how did that all start? Was it from that point of just kind of, so- I had actually started my fitness or my fitness page in 2017. It's, and I didn't like post a lot on it because I was kind of embarrassed and like would only post some things. And at that point I really was struggling with like food, but I didn't really talk about it because, you know, I'm like, I have a fitness page, so I'm not going to talk about like that to motivate. Yeah. And Um, but I was really struggling and that's when I started getting into macros and everything like that. But that was actually when I was at my like heaviest or the most, like, I don't know, the, I, I did not look my best and I definitely didn't feel my best then, but I, and that's, what's crazy is I was following my macros. Like I, I was, but then I would binge, then I would, and you, and you don't realize that your body really is suffering when your brain and your relationship with food are not good. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I started my fitness page on purpose as a page that was always trying to tie mental health with physical health, mm-hmm. that there is not a gap between the two, that they go together. Like yeah. you really need to make sure that your mind is fit before you try to be fit or else if you only focus on the fit outside of you, you're net like, that's not going to, that's not healthy. It will never be enough. No. no. And that was the thing I learned was I, this will never be enough. Like how far can I go into a caloric deficit until I, you know, I'm finally reaching my goals and, and like, how can I make this as quick and easy as possible. Cause I just want to be ripped, have that six pack and not give a crap. Like I'll do anything for it. Yeah. You know? Um, but at the same time, I always have known for me personally, the way I progress with my body image and, um, my relationship with food is by trying to make sure that everyone else, like preaching to people and giving inspiration that they're not alone, that like, I always wanted to have my page be a place where people didn't come on and like scroll and be like, wow, I, okay, I hate myself, like looking at her, you know, because a lot of times fitness pages can be like that. And I think that obviously you have to realize, like, you can't blame a fitness page for making you 
have that. But I did want to be like, all right, you know, this is so much more than your body and how it looks. It's a lot about how your body feels, your mind feels. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you can appreciate how your body looks. Yeah. Um, because if you, you know, hate yourself now, you're not going to like yourself once you get to that place that you think that's where I'm going to like myself, or that's where I'm going to love myself. You think, but you're not, because like you said, it's never enough. Yeah. You'll just, your end goal is goal and you'll never reach it. It Yeah. Never be enough. Yeah. If your end goal is like a certain look, like you're not going to get that. Even if you actually do get that, you're not going to notice that because you can't even notice right now how amazing you are. Mm-hmm. and how amazing your body is and what it does for you. Yeah. Um, so that was just something that I've always really, really tried to do because it helped me. Like if I felt like I was helping other women, it helps me. Every time I post something, it's not because I'm just like doing it for other girls and it's because I'm a pro at it. It's like, I'm talking to myself as well. Like yeah. it's almost like when I post things, it's like a journal. Yeah. Like if I'm talking about a topic, it's because I'm feeling that way as well. And so I'm not perfect at it, but it, it helps me because I'm, I'm telling someone else and that makes me feel good Mm -hmm. that I'm putting good things out there to somebody else. Um, and it's, I guess sometimes it's what I wish I could hear for myself. So I write it down because I know that other girls feel the same way, especially after having this page for so many years and getting so many DMS and realizing that this is actually like almost 99% of women deal with this. Like oh, yeah. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I'm really comfortable enough to share it with each other yes. instead of being like, I'm fine. You're fine. We're all fine. Like, yeah. you know, but behind yeah. closed doors, we were struggling. I love now that we have like a community of people that are sharing it and like just doing stuff like this. I think it's of myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think of myself in high school, if I were able to listen to a conversation like this one, hopefully it would have helped me so much, you know, like yes. I was not, I'm not alone and yes. I won't always feel this way. Like I yes. can't get better, you know, like you yes. can, you can get better. And there is, yes. I mean, like you said, it will always be a struggle, but it won't always be such a heavy weight on you. Like, yes, so much easier. So Yes. I always say like, I feel like there's things that were always in the front of my mind and now it's like more in the back and that's not, you know, I don't want it in my mind at all, but I can deal with things in the back. Yeah. You know, I know those demons in the back because they used to be in the front. They used to control my life Uh and I know how they went from the front to the back and I can always continue to like shush them. I you know, I am in charge here. Yeah. And and so I, and I think like putting it out there on to social media and hearing people be like, I needed to hear that. That helps me just really reinforce that. Like what I'm saying is actually something that does help. And the more it's out there, it, it's going to help me. And the more I see that other women are like, Hey, I was feeling the exact same way. And then now you post this and it helped, it gives me a little bit of something like yeah. the fact that other people 
feel good from what I'm saying and that they, it resonates with them. That just goes to show that, you know, I'm actually doing something not only for other people, but for myself that can actually help. And yeah, um, it helps me to look back at how far I've been able to come yeah. because even though I always was, you know, struggling and really hated myself and the way I looked, um, my sister always says, she's like, it was hard for us to know that you were struggling so much because you're not one of those people where, um, you make everybody else hate themselves because you hate yourself. Yeah. And, and that's how I've always been. It's been more of those things where I compliment people, even though I'm, I'm insecure. Yeah. And, um, very internal. Yes. Not so much like projecting it. Yes. Um, but at the same time, although that can be one of the worst qualities to have is to like, make it so internal. I also feel like when I see other people feel good because of something that, you know, I want other people to feel good. I don't ever want a girl to feel as badly as I have or do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think because I know what that type of hell feels like, I don't want someone to feel that. Yeah. Like I'll see girls at the gym, like staring at themselves in the mirror. And I just want to like, give them a hug, even though they might not even be thinking about themselves. Yeah. It's like, I see them even like staring at their body or anything. I'm just like, stop. Like, like you don't need to do that. Even though I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. It's just, I don't want anyone to feel like badly about themselves and so I guess I just really try to portray that on to my page and also like let people know that I struggle too because I think sometimes you know it's kind of like the popular girl in school you don't ever want to give her compliments you don't ever want to like be nice to her because you think she already has her life together and she doesn't need to hear you but really like she really does Yeah. And so I think that a lot of times us as women will steer clear of maybe being more complimentary or kind to girls that we feel inferior to. Yeah. And, but really like we need to realize that it doesn't matter how you think that that person looks because they could be really suffering. Like I got told all the time, you know, that not all the time, but I would be told like, Hey, you're so pretty or like, you know, you have a great body and it's like people would say that and they'd think that I already knew that. Yeah. But I didn't like, Uh I literally trained my mind to say no whenever Uh they would compliment me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if I, if people think that I'm pretty and that if I have a nice like body or whatever, then like the girl that I'm obsessed with and like loathe, Oh, like, I'm so jealous of, she might think the same way as I do. Yeah. She might need somebody to like be nice to her and to compliment her and tell her how awesome she is because she might not know that she really is. Yeah. And so I think that sometimes we just need to like not feel inferior to each other and just always go out of your way to compliment people and be kind. Even if you think that they already have their life together because nine times out of 10, they don't, and they really need to actually hear you. Yeah. I was going to say, I love that so, so much because with Instagram, it's very easy for us to find those people who are the more popular girl 
more successful than us, prettier than us, better body, whatever. What I can't remember what podcast I listened to, but they said when you find those girls, instead of letting your mind go to all the, the negative things about you that you're not living up to with them, look at that girl and just in your head, give her five compliments. Yes. Like you are such a good mom. You yeah. are so like, I love your style. Just in your head. Yeah. Even yeah. Just saying that about them instantly flips your mindset and you're just like they're a real person like they're doing some good things let me even just like what you said like let me just chat that to or like comment that to them or send them a message and your mindset will really change and you'll kind of stop comparing yourself to them yes just by like stopping yourself from doing the comparing to the complimenting so yes replace that like anytime you compare switch it with a compliment for yourself or them honestly but I love that. That's a really big step, I think, in helping with like your self-love is yeah, learning to not focus so much on yourself and like sharing it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Because the world doesn't actually really have to revolve around you. Like you can, I've really noticed that's a big point that I've noticed of where my growth is because I used to like scroll and just stare at girls and obsess and compare. And now I genuinely can go on and be like, this chick's freaking hot. Like she's like got the brockiness bod and I, it doesn't make me look down and be like, I wish I I, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I think it's just because of what you were saying, like flip it. It doesn't have to have, she doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. You can just like notice her and be like, wow, that's amazing. And now, and it doesn't have to affect you, but I think that it, it is something that you have to grow with because I think it shows more and more confidence Yeah, because confidence is all about being like, okay with yourself and not having other people portray, like make you feel a certain way about yourself. So I think, you know, but I think that it's a very simple step, even if it starts out as disingenuous, you know, like yeah. even if you have to force yourself uh-huh. to compliment her or, well, even just that, yeah, like it is a little disingenuous, I guess at the beginning, because you were already, because you hate that, her. Yeah. You were <laughs> like, I hate that you're prettier or whatever. Yeah. Force that compliment out of like, you're so pretty or something. Yeah. And Cause it still is a. Yeah. yeah, it still yeah. is a compliment. It's just there's no hatred or jealousy behind it when you get further along. Yeah. At first, it's like, yeah, I'm complimenting her, but I also am like, I freaking hate you because yeah. you're better than me. Yeah. But then I think when you just push through that, eventually you just start to realize, no, this girl is actually really gorgeous and it doesn't make me less gorgeous. Doesn't mean, yeah, 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 totally. Um, okay. Sorry. We've been talking for a long time, but no, I, I talk way too much. No, I love it. I could talk forever. Too. <laughs> I was going to say, so to kind of like, just wrap it all up. Yeah. I feel like you've already said a lot of stuff, but if you were able to just look at your junior high school yeah. self and sit down with that girl, like, what would you say to her now? Like, what advice would you say to her? Like anything like that? Yeah. Uh, sorry. No, you're making me get teary eyed too. Okay. Um, I actually just posted a thing about this, like, um, not a couple days ago. Uh-huh. Like I was thinking about her in the shower the other day and, um, 
I just wish that I could tell her that her self-worth does not correlate with the way her body looks. And her body is an instrument and a gift that gives her the ability to live and to experience all of the good things that she's been able to experience in her life. And your body is not your world, but that you're able to see the world because of your body. And that, you know, people don't like you because of your body. People like you and love you because of your soul and who you are. And that's actually what matters. Mm -hmm. Like if the only compliment someone can give you is that you're pretty after actually knowing you, that's where you should be concerned. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, that's where you should be um, putting focus on and having a look into your own self because that's not a true like compliment. That's not a true thing. I don't want, and I know there's like stuff that people I've seen quotes on this, but like, I don't want someone at my funeral to be like, yeah, she had a really nice body done. Like that's not, well, no one wants that. that. Like I've seen that before. Like they're yeah. not say she had a six pack and she met her macros every night and like stuff like that. That will never yeah. ever be said. So because yeah. that's not actually what matters. Mm-hmm. And but you do have to realize like there is a, you know, don't just go crazy and not have any control and like be like, well, you know, if my body doesn't matter, then I can do whatever I want with it. But I think when you really do realize like that your body is just a gift and you want to experience life through it, you just treat it better. Yeah. You know, treat it as if it is your friend that, you know, is struggling. You would never say things to your friend the way that you say things to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's probably some of the biggest things I would say is just, you know, there is so much more to life than your body. In fact, it's, it's not even worth your time, you know, like uh, at least like just let it, your body be the center of your life. Yeah. I love that. You're so, so amazing. (laughs) Never, ever stop like sharing your struggles and your, and your wins with us. Like it's, I connect with it so much and I just, I love you and your page and everything. Thank You're you. Awesome. Kenzie, same. You are just incredible. Like oh, seriously, thank especially you. being, I am in such awe of moms. Like it's not even funny. I, every time I see you or like, um, Eliza, if you know who I'm talking about, she's my, yeah, she's my favorite. I yeah. She's like her. all of these women are, all of you guys are just like, so incredible. It's just, it's really inspiring as someone who doesn't have kids yet, but just seeing that, Hey, I can do that. Like, you know, these women aren't like just out of the ordinary, like crazy freaks. Like these are normal women who just actually take charge of their life and are just I'm like, no, but you do. 
<laughs> and so you need to know, like, please don't stop because you're incredible. And I just love following you. And I think you're just like amazing. Well, thank you. Yes. I hope that we can just talk more soon and maybe I'll come visit you and we can do a cycling class. Yes, please. And you live in, do you live in Utah? I live in Vegas now. Oh, you live in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. 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 I used, yeah, I feel like I kind of live in Utah. I work in Utah. So okay, yeah. I go back. Yeah. Yeah. We're always going back and forth. Yeah. That's what I thought. I knew you had some tie to Utah. I was there. We've just yeah. been here. Yeah. 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 It's been weird. Uh, well, okay. You're awesome. Thank you so much. All thank you so much for thinking of me. Like it's truly it's that doing it for real. Yeah. You have such a, an amazing, incredible story that I know helps so, so many people more than you will probably ever know, you know? So thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Have an awesome rest of your day. You too. Bye. Bye.